I opened the door and I walked to my house. He called my name. It sounded so far away and I kept walking towards the house. I never looked back or cried. I unlocked the doors to my house and did not even wake Mama up. This is 40-year-old Direlo chronicling her life story in a soon-to-be-released memoir. But her life has not always worked in planned sequence like the chapters in her book. The events Direlo shares in her book are sometimes terribly heartbreaking, but this is not something Direlo wears on her face. One is immediately struck by how bubbly she is, so I was taken by surprise at the journey that she's had to travel so far. We meet at her workplace as she prepares to take a news bulletin to air on one of South Africa's 24-hour news channels. I'm a single mother mm-hmm. of a beautiful, funny six-year-old. Yeah. I was born in, in Kahiso, mm-hmm. grew up in Mafikeng. By the age of 24, I had lost both my parents, mm-hmm. which has really shaped how I look at life. She smiles as she describes her six-year-old daughter, but she was just the same age when she first encountered a major loss in her life. Her dad was brutally murdered by his best friend. He was just 32. Being a daddy's girl myself, I'm haunted by how this loss would have left me feeling at such a young age. Tirello says she felt an unfamiliar feeling of emptiness. I didn't realize that I was depressed. I always knew there was um, an emptiness. Mm-hmm. I've never heard, of, I'd never heard of depression. Nobody was depressed around me. I'd never seen my mother cry after losing her husband. The World Health Organization estimates that 350 million people globally are affected by depression. Statistics also show that more women than men are affected by depression. Mteto Temese, sometimes referred to as the village shrink, is a clinical psychologist who has been working with patients dealing with depression for the last 15 years. He explains to me why depression is still a very taboo topic, especially in black families. Mental health broadly, um, you know, is seen, especially well across the board, is something that is seen to be taboo. There is shame and guilt associated with it. Somewhat we invalidate our vulnerability as a people. There is overwhelming evidence that shows that we live under very stressful circumstances. So whenever people talk about unemployment, talk about inequality, talk about all the social problems, there is always a parallel to that because we are beyond physical beings. We are emotional, psychological, spiritual beings, you know, you name it. And I think people have found ways of silencing ourselves in such a way that vulnerability is never embraced, particularly in black communities. Two years after her father's death, she was sexually assaulted by someone she trusted, her uncle. She kept this a secret from her family. To be honest with you, we were too poor for me to tell it. And I didn't want to divide the family. So don't ever underestimate the intelligence of a child. They know. Yes. Because if I told the way we were suffering, that would mean that the family would be divided and nobody would come and help the family out. The silence and trauma haunted her, but Direlo tried to get on with her life. She had aspirations to become better than the people she grew up around. All I ever wanted to do was to be Serafina. I wanted to be on stage and act and sing and dance. Mm. I was forced to take hard decisions and and study further and, and go behind the scenes because... It was not practical for me to go for auditions and be unemployed for many months when the family is starving. So she studied towards a diploma at what is now known as AFTA, 
and she continued her studies at Northwest University, where she earned an honors degree in communication. After university, Tirelo got a job at Bob TV and later as a PR assistant. But the work was not always consistent. Often, she was without a job. Just as she thought life was picking up, Tirelo was raped again, this time by a man she looked up to in politics. It couldn't have been happening to me. I still couldn't believe that a man of that stature would do that. It's still, I think even now, it's incomprehensible. Mm. Um, you see, this is like someone who's very popular. Even if you came out and told people this person raped you, nobody would believe you, yeah. that type of a thing. She didn't report the rape to the police and also kept it hidden from her mother. Three months after she was raped, Tirelo experienced another loss that spiraled her into further depression. The death of her mother, her only pillar, and the one person she trusted more than anyone else in this world, pushed her over the edge. She lost control. That broke me. I can't believe it still gets so emotional. And I was glad I never told her about the rape. Mm. Because I would never have coped. Yeah. I would never have coped. My grades went from <laughs> 75 to zero. Oh, no. You know, yeah. yeah. Which meant an extra year for me. Yes. I had resolved to kill myself, something that I'd been having throughout every time somebody's dying and yes. I can see their death and mm. everything else. Tirello turned to the bottle to cope with the death of her mother. Sometimes I would go to church smelling like my uncles. Mm. The one thing that I never wanted to become, yes. I became. Dying was not an option. Tirello realized that running away from her problems was not the solution. Rather, she decided to confront them. I started running and I wouldn't stop running. I would run and I would run and I would run. The running started when I really, I was done. That day I had decided, this is it, I'm taking my life. Mm. But I wasn't, I did not stop running. Yeah. Even in that moment, I would run. I would get drunk, yeah. sleep at one o'clock. Yeah. Every evening I would run six kilometers. Every step that I took was for healing yeah. because I knew I was messed up. Slowly, she turned her life around. After months of unemployment, she finally found a job at the SABC. I was an executive producer working with Tim Moody. Oh, nice. Now, this is from zero to zero. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> in, in a second, yeah. I, I'm, I'm on TV, I'm reporting, I'm mm. doing Sitswana. Mm. And then I joined Foreign Affairs. The plan is to be an ambassador, but nah, it didn't work out. She sought help by checking herself into a mental health institution. It was here where she realized that for her to live, she had to let go of all the negative things that were holding her back. I'm in medication now. Mm. I'm like a zombie. And I think for the first time in my life, I cried. I cried like a... I cried. I was sober. <gasps> I was sober. <laughs> <laughs> I was sober for four weeks. Wow. I said to myself, this is it now. This is a make or break situation. Mm. God gave me a chance to do what I had to do mm. and make sure that everybody else is okay now. It's time to take care of myself. Mm. And I did just that. I apologized to myself for having been so hard on myself. I did not see anything good that I had done. All those things that had been said about me being the slut, I internalized those yes. things. I internalized them. And I didn't realize I was mm. internalizing them. Because, so I realized that there was, so there was a lot to deal with mm. from losing my parents to the abortion, mm. to the rape, to the voices in my head. That's why my book is called Voices of Jesus and Ancestors, mm. A State of Confusion. Yeah. Because everything was just confused. It's just been confusion throughout my life. And she hopes to share some of life's tough lessons with her daughter, telling her to always be true to herself. 
do it your way don't listen to voices outside of yourself find that voice in you mm. because the danger of not doing it your way which was what i suffered was realizing that the reason why i had been so depressed is because i was not honest with myself mm. i resented my sister and my brother because i worked so hard for them yeah i resented my mother because she died when i wanted to take care of her yes um, I resented my uncles for being alcoholics, but then I realized that it's because we are brought up as such a collective that you don't know who you are. I had to break down first to find myself. I would always tell her that I would tell my daughters that find peace mm. in every situation. Just find find peace. Life is not so bad. Life is not that difficult. Life is not that complicated, actually. Mm. Some of these lessons are contained in her book. Tirello decided to write a book and confront her demons, revealing painful personal experiences that some would rather keep hidden because they fear stigma and embarrassment. My Facebook friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I went to hospital and I literally had that operation where you are having a child. They opened up my womb and everything else. The calling had started. Yeah. I lost my car. Uh-huh. I was on the verge of even losing my job. So I started writing about it. Yeah. So I was like, Buffet is hard on Facebook. Mm. How when you don't listen to the voices in your head, basically I'm not listening to this calling. Mm. I'm not heeding the call to Tuasa. Mm. And this is what's happening in my life. I started writing the response. Now I was just writing my yeah. story. And I'm in an hospital bed. Yes. I was booked off for a month. Uh. In boxes. People going through the same thing who are like, yo, and I thought I was the only one. Tirela's life story has been marred by sadness and anguish, but she's not allowed that to determine her future. After hearing Tirela's harrowing yet heroic story, I'm reminded of an Albert Einstein quote, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. This is what Tirela has done, and in her book, she inspires all of us to keep moving.